0: In Europe, we need to invest massively in the domain, and right now we are not at this point. So we need to wait for the next financial framework to evaluate if there there is an appetite, a political awareness, to invest in the domain as a priority.
1: Hey, Space Watchers, you listened to Dr. Pascal Fauché, and the domain he is talking about is space, to be precise, space safety and security. This is Space Café Radio, your channel about trends, great people and awesome conferences. I'm Thorsten, publisher of SpaceWatch.global. My guest, Dr. Pascal Fouché, is chairman of the European Union Consortium of Member States on Space Surveillance and Tracking, in short, EU-SST. I spoke with him during the sixth Space Security Conference held in Prague Mid June 2022 to get an overview about the consortium, their capabilities and their needs, and the European reality. Enjoy our conversation. Pascal, what is the current status of the EU SST? EU
0: SST, we started six years ago on space surveillance and tracking. It is a multilateral cooperation of member states. So, right now, we are a consortium of seven member states. And we are going to grow very quickly up to 15 member states in a partnership which will be signed this summer at the Lattes in September.
1: Are these EU members or are these international partners? um... EU
0: member states. It's an EU organization. This is a European Union partnership on space surveillance and tracking funded by the European Union.
1: What do you track? There's a lot of stuff up in space from the functional satellites, dead rocket bodies, space debris, and so on. So what is it, how much can you track, and how small can it be today? So
0: right now we rely on a network of sensors brought by the member states. So we have different sensors coming from different sources, military, research, and commercial. So we have two surveillance radar, eight tracking radars, a network of 30 telescopes plus approximately located all around the world. And we have right now four laser stations. So this is a dynamic network because some sensors, uh, new sensors, may join the network. And with this network right now, we can detect, track, some and survey depending on the nature of the sensor objects in all orbit regimes but of course with some limited autonomy right now for instance in Leo we are capable of cataloging I would say around 15% of the object above 10 centimeters which is pretty low right now we and we target to catalog I would say around 65-70% of those objects by 28 at the end of this financial framework in Leo. In Mio and Gio right now, uh, we have a good autonomy. We can almost target most of the objects down to 35 centimeters. Gio is then pure optical, yeah. I assume. Exactly. And we have also some passive RF technologies. Very promising technologies where you can also locate very precisely active satellites, of course. Do you have
1: in-orbit tracking capabilities?
0: Right now, we don't have it. We are studying it very much. We don't have the budget to launch such space-based capabilities for SSA. There are some discussions currently in Europe for having some additional... It payloads in the secure connectivity constellation for SSA. That could be an option. But of course, not, nothing has been decided yet. So yeah, in the future, definitely, maybe it's going to be maybe an option for the next financial framework. So it means in Europe, we work by a financial framework of seven years. So not before 28, 20, uh, 34 for the next one.
1: I found it interesting to say, when you mentioned by 28, we want to be able to cover 65% of the Leo assets, knowing that it will be an increased amount of assets there. Are you working with private companies, or it's, are these all state-owned uh, radars or sensors you use?
0: So right now, we have a mixed network, as I said, of very sensors, research sensors and commercial sensors. And we started EU SST with the national capabilities of the member states. So what we are doing in the current period with the inauguration of the European Union Industry and Startup Forum is really to accelerate the speed to develop commercial capabilities to acquire operational commercial SSA data to populate our European database and increase the quality of our service provision. So we are going right now in this direction, which is absolutely necessary.
1: I'm quite sure you're going for the raw data and not the process data then?
0: Of course. Of course, because the idea is to have access to any data from any sources, military research and commercial, or and from any type of sensors. And then we merge all those data together to perform an orbit determination and uh, build the most accurate catalog of space objects.
1: As we are at a security conference here, how is USST integrated into the European security architecture?
0: According to the space regulation establishing the European Union's space program, security is going to be a very important topic and the security accreditation process is going to be under the responsibility of EU SPA European Union Space Programme Agency. So SST will be accredited like the other component of the space program, Galileo and Copernicus. So it's going to be a tremendous work and we have an internal body in the partnership which is the security committee. So we have a SEC committee with representatives of the member states coming from the MOD and the NSA usually. So we have MOD and NSA stakeholders in this SEC committee, including representatives from Commission, European Commission and SPA. And uh, they all work together on data policy, general security requirements, and so on. All the necessary monitoring of operational risk, How do you cooperate then with your capacities with the
1: other EU organizations, external action service, defense agency?
0: We work with the European Commission. The European Commission is leading, I mean, is supervising the development of the space program. SST is a fully-fledged security component of the European Union space program. And when it comes to any diplomatic issue regarding involving the external action service, there's first an interaction between Commission and external action I service. See, so, that's so we report first to the European Commission, okay, not directly to all the bodies. Of course, we have plenty of European institutions registered to our services. For instance, in case of entry, we have Eurocontrol, EASA, in case of fragmentation as well. So the external action service is the first European body very much interested by the result of our report and in particular, the last Russian asset test on Cosmos 1408. So we have a growing number of users in Europe. What is your way forward
1: to fostering international cooperation? What is your vision on that?
0: My vision is that This domain, SSA, is a shared responsibility. It's a global domain. None of us can do that alone. So we need to cooperate absolutely in this domain. And right now, we are cooperating very much with the United States, of course, because we are not yet autonomous in Europe. We continue to use the conjunction data messages, for instance, coming from the U.S. DoDs military data, And we have a regular dialogue with our U.S. colleagues. We also have even a joint experiment going on right now on data sharing, SSA data sharing, um, related to collision avoidance, uh, which is led by the Office of Space Commerce in the U.S. and USST. So it's a technical experiment, and we're going to learn a lot on merging, on data fusion, merging together European and U.S. data to perform an orbit determination. How does the data work together?
1: Are they standardized already? Yes, or all data is...
0: are standardized in okay. the format, so it's not a problem of standards. Of There are, of course, some tricky technical questions related to BIAS, etc. But at the end of the day, it's pretty much standardized, so, the whole international community could share SSA data in a standardized uh, format. So, that's not an issue. It's mostly so I see to contribute to this SSA global burden sharing, I see regional contribution. It's an approach where the US could bring its contribution, to Europe, and in Asia Pacific, maybe we're going to have a Japan in the future. So we could imagine a future where we'll have regional contributions, maybe sharing some SSA data and information to have a good knowledge of the space situation and protect the space environment in the context of an increasing traffic in space. But we are not there yet, clearly. For the moment, in Europe, we need to invest massively in the domain. And right now, we are not at this point. So we need to wait for the next financial framework to uh, evaluate if there, there is an appetite, or political awareness to invest in the domain as a priority.
1: Coming back to the data you're sharing, are they restricted to a certain user group or can anyone get the data? If I'm an interested space geek, can I get some data from you?
0: Right now, those that are not public... We have a strict data policy, of course. And in the future, we're going to accelerate the acquisition of operational data coming from the industry and startups. And so we're going to act as an encore customer. And we're not going to not make those data available to any third parties because it's going to affect the market. So, of course, those data are not public... Because it's a question of also having a sustainable competition and fair competition on the market. How do
1: you see the see in the next ten years? You mentioned the, the frameworks. How promising can we be?
0: That's the most difficult question. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the member states. But from many years and even for this partnership, so we decided in the short timeframe to smoothly change from a consortium to a partnership agreement. So we changed some internal rules of governance, but it's a slight evolution. It's a smooth evolution towards a partnership from seven member states to 15 member states. But at that time, already one year ago, on the table, the question was, shall we create a legal entity? And it's going to be compulsory very soon to have a legal entity with a capability of procurement. And it's going to be compulsory if the European Union would like to invest massively on this domain. You can't invest on a partnership of member states. You need to invest provided that you have a legal entity to manage the money, the budget, according to best value for money.
1: I would like to use this opportunity sitting together with one of the most capable person in the space situational awareness arena to come up with one question. Will we have ever space as a secure and sustainable domain for the times to come? Or will it be always contested, congested and critical to operate? What is your view on it? Can we reach this status or is it just an illusion?
0: This question is also very difficult. I would say that we don't know what will be the future. Indeed, space is more and more congested, more and more contested. We have also newcomers from the private sector, and it's a wonderful opportunity for the space economy. So what we need to do, of course, in Europe is to be autonomous. If at some point we want to negotiate, if there are, there is any appetite for a negotiation towards an international space regulation, we will need to, in Europe, the autonomy of appreciation, the autonomy of the space situation. Because when you negotiate any legally binding rules, which would be maybe a good idea for the long-term future, I think we are not there yet, but at the end of the day, we will need those capabilities to appreciate, to make sure to verify the behaviors and you know, in particular of other nations in the world. If you want to stay on
1: the Pulse of Space, visit our website, Our Mothership, at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. Do you know about our other products? Our Space Café podcast with Markus Moslechner or our Space Café web talk series? No? One more reason to visit our website. And don't forget to become a space watcher. I'm Torsten Creening, CEO and publisher of spacewatch.global, your independent perspective of space.